This was awkward because I was trying to do two things at one time. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Full 40. Here are Chris, Willie, and Trevor. Trevor, actually, of 6ABC News. Um, so, Trevor, <laughs> if you didn't see the news, is actually um, just... Area, area man. Yeah, area man gives opinion on um, World Cup. Um, but as we were sitting here talking about tre uh, Trevor's big news... Um, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the news that came out over the weekend, specifically for our podcast, uh, before we start talking about Providence and life on the bubble and what Villanova basketball looks like. Um, we want to talk a bit about what this podcast is going to look like going forward, because um, what does Alexa want? Uh, Chris, uh, you have some news <laughs> that you want to share. I want to go make sure Alexa shuts up. Yeah. So thanks, Willie. Um, I, uh, yeah, just to, just to share everyone who didn't see it, I have decided that this is my final year uh, as a full-time member of the podcast. I won't rule out like Rob did recently a guest appearance here and there. Uh, but, but I have uh, another, another, another kid on the way. Um, we're expecting, my wife and I are expecting a little girl um, in July uh, later this year, and that'll make it two. And while we're still playing man to man defense, um, it's going to be a lot different. And so everything I've heard about going from one to two is that it's a dramatic change. And uh, yeah, with that, I kind of decided, Hey, you know what? The podcast has been a really great run. I've had a lot of fun um, with everybody. I mean, you guys have been awesome, uh, but it goes back to even when Rob and I started it and then a couple of years, you know, a year or two into it, we got hooked up with Dow Reynolds who gave us a lot of support um, Nova Insider, Anthony at Nova Insider was amazing um, for several years as well. And then, and then obviously all the guests, I won't go through all the names, but all the guests that we've had on the podcast, all the moments, friends, et cetera, that I've made through the podcast um, has been, has been terrific. And I'll, I'd be, I would be remiss without shouting out uh, Brian and Rachel who have been instrumental in, in helping to grow this thing and, and bringing a lot of fun moments and times uh on the podcast so um i can promise you it has nothing to do with the performance um i could actually tell you that it's actually easier um from a content perspective if the team's up and down uh to just get to this shoot from the hip and, and and talk and talk hoops when the team is like a one seed two seed and is good it's like oh man i'm inventing why i'm pissed off why jay didn't sub in some guy like they, I'm like, I gotta be mad about this. And it's, 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 it's more, it's easier to talk. <laughs> the team is a little bit up and down, but I am, I am sad to kind of end it, but it's, it's definitely kind of like my life has to take on a different path at this point. Rob and I started it over, you know, whiskey and barbecue going back in the middle of 2018 and for six years, we've been I've been doing it every week at least uh, of of every season. So as we sit here today, it's kind of you know kind of a, a moment of saying, hey, you know what? Like this has run its course. I've had a lot of fun, but it's time to kind of move on to being more of a dad, more of a girl dad than I already am. And I'm looking forward to the next stage of my life. But obviously. I'll be at Villanova games. I'll be always supporting Villanova. Um, you know, I, I've, I, uh, I haven't donated $50,000 every year for the last seven or eight, 1842 days, but I, I do contribute and I'm, and I'm a passionate member of the Villanova community and I always will be. So that's never going away, but what will go away is, is my time on here every week with you guys. That being said, I couldn't be happier to pass it on to to two great guys, Willie and Trevor. You guys have been awesome to do it with this year. Willie, obviously, we we go back from to, to last year's season, uh, but but you guys have been fun. It's it's been fun building friendships with you, and I am utmost confidence that that you guys will take it to new heights going forward. So that's it for. I don't want to talk about me too much anymore, unless you guys want to chat about that. I mean, but yeah, we have our opinions. Um, yeah. <laughs> You could think, say that it was uh, it was time for you to get a job, Chris. 
yeah. put the podcast microphone down and go get a job. It's yeah. actually interesting though. You've gone from like so you're still playing man to man, but like you could have like, you know, it was a lot of double teams earlier with just Molina. And now like you're gonna have this little girl. Yeah. And you're gonna go to like a switching defense. Oh yes. Definitely so, a switching maybe defense. Even, maybe even a zone. How with are it. how are your kids against the zone? <laughs> that'll be the true test i'll be honest with you i mean melina they... takes us two on one um and my mother-in-law is here so three on one yeah <laughs> and she fucking puts up numbers <laughs> like absolutely puts up numbers going three on i'm imagining one. like the wilt chamberlain meme where it's like 50 yeah. 32 <laughs> she's the only one to average more points than minutes yeah. alive um <laughs> yeah I, yeah I think we, I think, I think we played this team. But do you remember that Alabama year where like two of their players got ejected? I think it was. I was Colin literally Sexton. just reading the Sexton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was they just rewatching that. He yeah. got into it with the with the Nova Knicks the other night, and it did not work out with him again. Yeah. Um, but so they I went was... three on five and almost won that game. And yeah. that's that's yeah. what Molina does every single day of my life. <laughs> so, um, you know the the next the next kid is uh, the the over. It's overwhelming. It's gonna yeah. be yeah. Well, I mean, Trevor and I can wax wedic, uh and thank you for a bunch of stuff, but we'll do that in a later podcast. Obviously, nothing but love for you, but we'll, no one else in this podcast really cares. They're all happy to see you go. That's what. That's literally what the chat's saying. They're like, get out of here. Um, no, there's no one in chat saying anything. Like so Chris was like, wait, actually. <laughs> um, but I did want to kind of switch gears here um, and talk a little bit about Providence. Um, we did a thing. We finally got one on the... Oh, yeah, I have, I have one more. I have oh. one more. It. Chris leaving the pod is nothing but divine providence. <laughs> that, that would have been a great segue. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm done with my yeah. niche references for now. Okay, um, there'll be at least two more in the pod. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Providence game happened. We did the thing. We put something on the left side of the column. We got a win, uh, which is absolutely massive um, for us. One, for the program, just like for the team, I should say, just for winning. Um, two, maybe for the program in general. Like, it feels like a, it was a big win to, like, just re- release a little bit of pressure. And then three, for this collective fan base, because we were inches away from quite literally storming <laughs> storming the Connolly Center and <laughs> having a hostile takeover of Villanova University. Um, <laughs> Villanova insurrection. <laughs> yeah, it was February 6th would be the day you'd remember. When we- <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so thoughts on the Providence game? Uh, you know, we had a good, we had a, we basically had a strong start, a strong middle. The, the finish was like, eh. Then but like, finished. You, I'll let that. You let that finish go with the way the first thirty-five minutes of the game went. I mean, look, it, Providence didn't play well, but yeah. but 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 that being said, that was our most complete performance of how this team is meant to play Villanova basketball, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever this team's version of Villanova basketball is, that was as close to it as I think we've seen. I'm going to say the whole year. I'm like trying to think through, I'm trying to think through mm-hmm. because like every other game, like North Carolina was high scoring. Like we're not going to win a lot of games the way that North Carolina game played out. Um, Creighton, we got down big and had to fight back like every other freaking game this season. Like this game was just like kind of like all intents and purposes, like wire to wire and and great defense played throughout and got the ball, to, got to see the ball from multiple players go through the hoop. Um, like just got contributions off the bench. That was actually a big story of the game that the yeah. – the, the the difference in the bench contribution was was very dramatic. Lance Ware played his best game as a Villanova Wildcat, um, and maybe a Kentucky Wildcat too. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. as any Wildcat. Showed <laughs> off some nif- some some nifty passing. Yeah, and so and, and look, I, you got to see some good things. Uh, you know, I don't want to get I don't want to go the negative route necessarily, but. Maybe my maybe the only thing I'll say is my one takeaway, the one thing that I'm just like, man, like left me wanting a little bit more is exactly that is is I, Justin's not right. Um, yeah. Justin Moore's not right. It's just it's just very obvious. He actually admitted it in like a press before yeah. the game. And it was it was abundantly clear. He's not right. And 
I guess the the, the 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 silver lining to all of that, right, is that Mark Armstrong was running the show uh, yeah. on offense and, and kind of got back to playing well. So that that's good. But the offense looked a lot better with, with Mark at the helm. Neptune made that change to put him back in the starting lineup. And I think it was necessary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree there. Uh, Justin hasn't looked right um, basically all season. Um, I had multiple group texts, like specifically during the Providence game, being like, all right, this is like clearly like you could excuse a bunch of like a couple of the first couple of games. Oh, it's just rust or whatever it is. He's not right. Kudos to him for being even even being out there and battling. Um, but that's like obviously like super important. Um, he still had key buckets. Like when Providence was making the run, uh, he had a key bucket to like put um, – to kind of like stave off one of their runs towards the end of the game. So like still obviously proud of him. Um, Mark looked great. Um, Mark, uh, great's a loose term, but like he was in control, which I think is like the big, the big thing, which I wanted to see. Like he was in control. I didn't feel like he was too rushed. There were a couple of like threes where I was like, eh, I wouldn't have done that. But, but like there was, there was nobody else shooting the ball. <laughs> also nobody else shooting the ball. He's a lot of shot clock. So there was yeah. some that he just kind of had to hoist. Um. He, I mean, just uh, kudos to Mark. Like, we should never, ever get a 10-second violation. Uh, it's 8 in NBA. Because Mark is a one-man, like, I will beat a trap if you just give him an inch of space. So that was, like, really good to see, like, when Providence did that, eventually just started getting it to Mark. And he was just like, I'm just going to break out of this because he's one of the quicker players in the Big East. Um, so that was really good to see. Lance Ware have nothing but, like, positive things to say. Um this was a game where everyone kind of just did their job across the board. I think we had seven or eight people who scored at least eight points. Um, maybe in like six people, whatever the number was, but like it was balanced scoring. Bamba looked, uh, Bamba started and like looked very, um, started the game and looked just like very like, like he looked all year. Like I just like, I've liked what I've seen from Bamba basically since the turn of 2024. Um, so he looks strong. Burton uh, was able to chip in where he was at. Dixon, like, did his job. Like, it wasn't even – it wasn't like a masterclass Eric Dixon game, but, like, that was also because Providence was throwing doubles at him every single time he touched the ball um, to the point where, like, I think one of the adjustments we could make is, like, where we start letting Dixon touch it from the perimeter and work his way in a bit more and have him face up before he posts um, instead of like setting him up in a post, but in the, in the, in the high post or the low post, wherever, wherever he catches it. Um, but regardless, like Dixon was able to like pass out of double teams. Like it wasn't like he got too tra uh, trapped too much. So overall, like, yeah, Providence didn't play well, but we played well enough to win and like, not just win, but, like in a like slog game, like we controlled that game more or less from beginning to end. So like, even though the offense was, abysmal in the first half just like for both sides <laughs> when they came alive like we were able to control it too so i'm proud of the team for this one this was a win that we needed it was definitely like so bad that it was funny early on just how <laughs> nobody could put the ball in the basket um yeah. i think providence only had four guys score the entire game which is kind of insane um they did get a lot of looks but just weren't so like that happens um Mark yeah. Armstrong played really, really well, I thought, for how, like, rough the refs were letting people play him. Like, he was getting knocked down hard, um, seemingly, every time he got to the basket. Um, again, there's stupid things like, Hakeem Hart, dunk the ball. Just please dunk the ball. <laughs> um, he had, like, I think he didn't expect to be that wide open, and that's just kind of like, a, oh, I didn't think the ball was going to hit me right in the hands right here as I go up, and he, he whiffed a layup, and... Then he almost did it again on a fast break. But, um, yeah, Lance Ware's best game, three big blocks. Um, we didn't concede a run when he and Hazen and Mark and uh, and Burton and Bombo were on the floor together. I think that's when we actually kind of broke the game open. Um, and it was, like you said, everybody was kind of contributing in their own way. When it got within 12 and you thought, uh-oh, here comes, you know, here comes the kill shot. Uh, timely buckets. Longino made a, a three or two, which I think was the first time in, in several games that he was able to connect. Um, Justin had timely layups and and backing guys down in the post, just doing his thing. Like like Chris said, I I, I think his legs are gone. 
Um, yeah. He he does not really have an outside shot. I think his his thing is just going to be doing like the Jalen Brunson uh, post show uh, for to try to get his scoring. It was a lot of front rim, just like across yeah. the board. Yeah, just, yeah, which is kind of what we saw at the end of the Butler game um, as well. And uh, his shot just like really hasn't been back since he's returned from the knee injury. Um, and I think this is just kind of the version of him that we have for however long the, uh, the season goes. Um, One thing I want to call out with Mark, just as like we were talking about Mark, it's interesting that we both, like, we feel like he's played well, but the, and he has like, but the Mark didn't have a great statistical game. Statistically like he's, he went two for 13. Like, yeah. But like, it was a weird. And I think even the Marquette game, it was like, also not, I, I can look up what exactly he shot, but it also felt like it was like, I'm thinking like five for 18. Something yeah, like but that. his his presence on the floor yeah. and just in the offense was was helping. Um, and just having somebody that was taking care of the ball this game. Um, I know he was prone to like some new point guard woes last year and, and beginning of this year, depending on the defense. But he, uh, th- I think they did a great job taking care of the ball for the most part. But but that's actually what I want to call out. It's like yeah. that's the that's the thing I'm proud of. Where like you've had two games in a row where statistically he's actually kind of been bad. But, like, his presence is like, oh, no, we need Mark on the floor, which is, like, I think the hallmark of a good basketball player when you're finally, like, when it doesn't matter if your shot's going in or if not, like, you are providing impact to the team, whether it's defensively, stability, whatever whatever your impact is, you're providing that to the team. And Mark's doing that. Like, he's had, like, not great games, but, like, I've come away from the last two games being, like, I like where Mark's heading, Um, even though he, like, had a, I mean, earlier in January, he had five straight games or four straight games, like where he's putting up career highs. But now it's like the career highs aren't there, but I feel better with his presence on the floor. So that was just something that, like, I want to give Mark some kudos for. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like it, I'm, I am the statistics, like the box score. I don't think his impact showed up in the box score. Like yeah. he broke down the press, as you mentioned earlier. I felt like he, the ball moved, it, and the offense was more connected with him at the helm, um, which is great. That's, that's, that's kind of what we have been saying, even from the beginning of the season, like is going to be what Villanova looks like. If Villanova is going to be the quote unquote, as they like to say, the best version of Villanova by the end of the season, yeah. Mark has to be the, the, the point guard. Yep. Um, TJ Bombo continues. Like I get his nine, which is weird. Cause I would have thought that he had more. Um, no, but his average is up to like yeah. high 14s or maybe 15 over the yeah. last three or four games, three to five he, games. He continues to be – you can't say it with because Dixon's on the team, so he can't be the best player on the team. But he continues to be the best guard on the team. Yeah. Um, and, I, again, his contributions are just are, are just great on both ends of the court. He had a great quote the other day. I'm not talking about the fan quote. I don't really want to get into that. We don't, need, like, we don't need to discuss that. Yeah. yeah, but he had a great quote the other day about saying like how he wanted to lead from the energy perspective, control what he can control. Like, And, and so I, he, he actually called out that early in the Marquette game, it didn't work out, but like early in the Marquette game, he almost got a steal in that very beginning set after the yeah. tip. He dove after and almost got a steal in the beginning of the Butler game. And he basically said, I'm doing this intentionally because I'm trying to like will this team. He's done this every, like every game this season. He immediately tries to steal the ball after the, after the tip. Cause Eric doesn't win a lot of those tips. Yeah. Make an effort play to, to to try and tone set, which I, I I sometimes, but yeah. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about like our slow starts and like, Obviously, like he's been doing this for most of the season, trying, but like that's a thing of like, all right, there's a level of a slow start from like a schematic standpoint. There's a level of a slow start from like sometimes your shots just aren't going to go in. That's it's a make or miss game. Like that's just basketball. Sometimes you're going to make shots, sometimes you're going to miss. There's slow starts with that, but there's also slow starts with energy. And like Bamba's realizing, like, all right, schematically, I can't necessarily control that. That's coming from Kyle. That's coming from whoever Kyle's facing that's going to throw whatever. Um, shots like missing or making like there's a level of like yeah you can control it to a little bit but like not really like at the end of the day like you're gonna get an open look and it's only gonna go in like 40 percent of the time like that's just if 40 percent of the time is like elite numbers for open three-point shooting like you know so it's just like 
That's but like what you can control is energy, and Bombas recognized that. And this just gets to what we said all season about him. He's felt like a Villanova basketball player, like he's been here forever. Just even being a leader like that, I think, is just like such a key. Like, I mean, it's just really, it, it's just a really like indicative. It's indicative of just what he's done for us. That's the way. I, that's the way I describe it. And he has one more year, correct? He has the option for one more year. Yeah, option yeah. if he wants it. Yeah, yeah, which is good, I think. Yeah, Bur- Burton has now now for like the third fourth straight game. I feel like his three point shot is doing better. I, I tweeted about this, but. Burns is so much better player when he's cutting and moving without the ball. We don't yeah. use him the right way. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Like, we just don't. Yeah. He like it's like the way I feel Burton needs to be used is like the, on this team is cutting and diving, like you just said. That's the way it needs to be used. Or like when he was at Richmond, he had the ball in his hand the, all the time, where he was able to drive. And like obviously, I'm not saying that because like we don't need him to do that here. <laughs> but like it's one of two things. Like it. Like at one point we, I mean, I don't know if it was a design play. I can't remember, but he took like a movement three pointer and like hit like the side of the backboard. I was like, we're setting him up to fail. Like that's not who he is. Like he needs and, to be on the uh, Brandon Slater program. Yeah, <laughs> go and dunk everything you touch. Yeah, yeah. But um, regardless, played well. Like he, at the end of the day, yeah. He just plays better when he's doing those when he when he's focused on the garbage stuff. Like the garbage, like but yeah. cutting, moving without the ball, creating, creating different looks, making the defense move. Even if it's not like a cut to actually get the ball and go up, like but a cut to make the defense have to change positions on the floor. That creates a that that trickle effects, butterfly effects into a mismatch somewhere else, or or crashing the glass, or anything like that. He he literally plays. Like all the other stuff that he wants to do, like shoot threes and whatever, he he does that better. It, it, it's like it's like if you you could if he's plugged into the game, yeah, doing the little things, he does the other stuff better too. He's like a, a like a he's an off ball event creator where like what he does off the ball creates opportunity for others. And to your point, like when he does that and he starts doing that well. He usually shoots better. Like he's more in a rhythm. He's not taking a movement three pointer across, <laughs> moving across his body. And he's like taking catch and shoot from the corner, where it's like uh, I don't know what the percentage is. I don't have that up right now, but I'm sure his catch and shoot percentage from the corner is way better than his like, or is way better than his like catch and shoot or off the dribble three pointer when he's like forcing his offense. Like realistically, he needs to be a person that just like I'm not even going to worry about my offense until I get like. Well, maybe not even the whole game, but like, let me go get like four. Let me go get four defensive rebounds, two offensive rebounds, and just by being active, the ball is going to be in my hands at the rim. I'm going to lay it up. I'm going to dunk it, and I'm going to have six points before I know it, and then I can start rolling. Um, so there's a lot here that like I think Burton can continue to grow and work on. Like, and this gets to kind of what I I tweeted this, and I feel like we all felt this, and we can kind of use this to transition to our next conversation, but like. This is what's been so frustrating for me because that was a game where we played more or less up to our potential. Like that was a game where I was like, no, this is the level of talent this team has. This is the level of productivity they can have. And that's why it's so frustrating that we have 10 losses right now because it's like this team shouldn't have 10 losses. I'll even just take away like in the non-conference, like, we're always going to go back to the non-conference of like we losing to Drexel, losing to Penn and like, I'm I'm still hung up on the Kansas State game because like that was when we should have just closed out. We finished those off and we're in a way better position. We finished Butler off and we're heck. If we just finished Butler off, we're in a way better position right now. Um, so it's just frustrating because it's a moment of us playing up to our potential, and now we still now we just have to do that more often, which is like we we've used all our mulligans up, frankly. Like, yeah, and uh, as compared and to, some. and then yeah. some, and as compared to like last year, where I think last year we were like, okay, this team has talent, but like we're injured, there's no real reason, but like maybe there's a way we can backdoor it. But it was like, there was a, there was a logical reason why we were in the situation we were last year. We just had, I got, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, like, there's no logical reason besides like we just haven't played up to our potential. Everything else, like, I'm going to throw all the, like, extra noise that we've had, like, about Kyle and about, like, throwing that outside. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't be we, – we should be this – we should be 12 and 10 right now. Yeah. There's just executional things that we haven't done and, like, seeing us do it, like we did versus Memphis, like we did versus Maryland, like we did versus UNC, 
even showing the medal we showed versus Creighton, what we did for the first 32 minutes versus Butler, it's like, yeah, it's there. We just need to like put it all together. And now we're in the situation where we are on the outside looking in of the bubble. I think if I even go to bubble matrix, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if anybody has this Bra- on it. Bracket. I, I have bracket matrix. Bracket, bracket, I don't, okay. Do you want to go bubble now or do you want to do the run the, run the ad? Oh, uh, no, we're, we can do bu- a bubble. You want to do bubble first? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. Um, yeah. I have bracket matrix up the, it, it's kind of awkward at this point in time in the year. So you got to read a lot of names. Not only be for two reasons. One, because the bubble is naturally large because there's still a month of season left to play. But two, because not everyone updates their bracket all the time. So you kind of have to. So the wisdom of crowds isn't necessarily perfect. Um, But effectively, the bubble is St. John's, Nebraska, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Florida, Butler, Seton Hall, Washington State, Colorado, Providence. Virginia, some people at Princeton, Cincinnati, Richmond, Memphis, Gonzaga, Villanova, Oregon, Kansas State, Wake Forest, Xavier, like which a lot of Big East names in that bubble. Yeah. Um, but but it's so you're kind of looking at that right now from what I've seen from the bracketologists, whether it's Field the sixty eight guys, whether whatever whoever it is. Is Villanova still on the outside looking in? Like a, a, a win versus Providence, who's also ostensibly on the bubble, is not moving the needle from us from from bubble out to bubble in. Yep. That, that win at home is not gonna is not gonna that alone do it. Yesterday was a little bit more of a play out game for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so so like we were backs against the wall, absolutely needed to have that game, but. But kind of looking around to say, okay, wh- wh- where do we need to go? Those are the teams that you kind of need to pay attention to. And frankly, a lot of them are in our own conference, right? Like Butler, Providence, Seton Hall, Xavier, St. John's, all in our own Providence, uh, all in our own conference. Now, St. John's has, is 2-0 against us, right? They're probably better than the bubble. I'm just kind of just yeah. calling here. I think St. John's is better than the um, is St. John's is better than the bubble. I think I think they will find their way in the next string of games. I think they have to play DePaul and Georgetown both twice, so they have eight win- They have four more wins, no matter what. Yeah, there's still meat on the bone for that. Yeah, um, we're they- through the hardest part of our schedule, which is funny because it also works in our favor too. Because we have some good wins to lean back on, so ours is a num- our our bubble thing is a numbers game. We have to yeah. get to X wins, and we can have let's have that debate as to what number that is. I think it's nineteen on Selection Sunday, but I think twenty probably twenty safe. Twenty safe, safe. No matter, twenty with our wins is safe basically no matter what. Yeah, yeah but twenty is probably safe to also miss the first four. Yeah. Um, so so. But twenty is definitely safe to get into the dance, and we have we're at twelve, right? So yeah, Three, six, <laughs> eight. Nine. We need eight more. Yeah, yeah. eight more wins to do the we math have, there, and we have nine more games left in the reg in the regular season. So guaranteed ten more games. Yeah, um, is is what you're looking at. Uh, let's just say the numbers. Let's just say the number is the magic number is nineteen wins. I I think I think yeah. with our wins, the magic number might be nineteen wins. Obviously. If you lose to Georgetown, then then the number kind of becomes twenty. But I, it might be done. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. But like, but like at nineteen wins, you have yeah. If it goes seven and three, and and in doing that, you beat some of these other teams that are on the bubble with you. Like you have to get right. through Xavier, you have to get through Providence again, you have to get through Seton Hall. Um, those are three teams that beating them helps That's you a big thing. more than just the win column. When Bubble Watch happens, there's going to be a bunch of Big East teams, and it's just going to be like, like, like you said, the Seton Hall and the Providence games for us are just going to be like losers outside, winners probably still like safe yeah. on the bubble at that time. Yeah. Assuming we handle all the games, all, all the games are very high leverage situations yeah. going forward. Short of and like, even though it's not like if Georgetown beats us, they're going to be in the tournament. Like, 
just because of the fact that if they beat us, that probably means our season's done on with, or you know, we're looking at the NIT. With with some of our losses, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we got great wins, we got some bad losses. <laughs> yeah, and what's interesting is that like because of the way that Biggie's log jam is, right? Like you have Yukon who's in the class above. Yeah. And Marquette's a half step or a full step below them. And then Creighton a half step below them. And then four through nine, two games separate four through nine. So yeah, like we're, we're three games out of fourth, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Something crazy like that. You could very easily go anywhere from being in the eight nine game to being in the four five game just on what we have left in the schedule. So it's yeah. a lot of variability. We're gonna have to like if we're really like calling it out, we gotta win either one of I mean protect home for sure, and then gotta yeah. win at Seton Hall or to, or at Xavier or at Providence. If you're able to do that, just I win think, at UConn. It, or just win at UConn. That would make it a lot easier. Yeah, like, winning at UConn would do a world. That's like, worth, that's I'm, like three I'm wins. I'm for the, yeah. the easiest path to success here if we should just I, win I, at UConn. Should I guarantee another yeah. win versus at UConn? <laughs> I think maybe pass on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's get our clicks up. Yeah. We're going to beat UConn at, <laughs> at, in the state of Connecticut. This week is this week is super critical. Like you can't do yeah. worse than one and one this week. You have you have at Xavier on Wednesday and you have Seton Hall on on Super Bowl Sunday yep. um, at the Wells Fargo Center. Like it has to be at minimum a one and one. Um, and that's what Ken Palm has. Ken Palm has us losing at Xavier and beating Seton Hall, but both games close. Um Xavier's actually a couple spots ahead of us, has slid a couple spots ahead of us in uh, in the, the old good old Ken Palms. But um, but it's a it, it, it the bubble life on the bubble right now is super weird because every team's got like a different thing gnawing at it. Um, Seton Hall just didn't do enough work and they're out of conference schedule, so they've needed to have that win versus UConn, needed to have that win versus Marquette, uh, but. They they still they need to stack wins and still need to stack good wins. I can't wait for the banner they're going to hang at the end of the season, being like, "We're the only team that beat UConn and Marquette." You know, I, <laughs> I can't wait for that uh, <laughs> that discussion to come out at, at the uh, around Selection Sunday. Yeah, so. Butler's kind of in the same path, although they they've they've picked off a cup. They've had a couple big wins. Obviously, that game on that game that they played versus Creighton on Friday was electric. Wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Providence is really weird because Providence is numerically from a win standpoint has enough wins, but unfortunately they're just going to get, they're getting the schedule. Yeah. And they're getting the injury discounting now because now everything that they did beforehand is not the team that they're going to be when the reverse, uh, the reverse bias card. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, as I said from before, like Villanova, it's literally a numbers game. Willie, you said it. Like our schedule is Xavier Seton Hall, which you just covered. Got to beat Georgetown twice, and we play them within 11 days of one another. Um, so Friday the 16th, and then Thursday the 27th. Um, which I don't love. Yeah. We got to beat Butler at home. Right. And like Butler is not a team that's going to be easy to beat at home. Like they just beat Creighton, right? And they beat Marquette. And Butler need, will need that win versus like for all we feel like Villanova is still a it's still a Q one win at on the road versus us like right. that's going to be huge for Butler. Right, UConn is yeah UConn, and and then so then you get into March and you're you're at Providence at Seton Hall and home versus Creighton like that last stretch is tough the the way I've been like drawing this up in my head is. They have six games left in in February. Go four and six. Go four and two in those six. So that takes you to sixteen and twelve. And then to get those last three wins, you have to have you have at Providence, at Seton Hall, Creighton, and at least one game in the Big East tournament. You got to take three of those. That's how you. That's the path to nineteen wins. If you're if you're like kind of putting pen to paper on like how do you how do you figure us for an NCAA tournament bid? It's not. 
undoable by any stretch of the imagination. It's also not easy. We could just win the tournament. Um, <laughs> I was, again, so, I like simple solutions. I was on T rank, which you know I love because uh, I love their little team cast thing. It looks like, according to T rank, that magic number might actually be eighteen. Simply because to get to eighteen, you're going to need to win one of Providence, Seton Hall, Xavier on the road, and then protect home. Or UConn, yeah. yeah or I'm just kind of <laughs> skipping yeah. UConn. No, yeah. I know, I know. That's a given. Like, if yeah. it totally changes as long as you don't fall apart everywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, because everything else is home. Every other game is home. And then it's road Georgetown, road UConn, road Providence, road Seton Hall. So assuming we protect home, we have four more home games left. Sorry, is that, is that math? Five. Wow, math is tough. No, four. Math's easy. Um, we have four more home games left. And then you have to just stack a uh, – you beat Georgetown and get you five with the road. And then one more road win gets us to 18. And according to T-Rank, it puts us – it gives us a chance. And that's we have, well, that's also before the Big East tournament. So before the Big East you tournament, pull yeah. one, You pull one – you win your, your – Whatever from fourth to ninth place game, yeah, at these tournament, and yeah. yeah, I mean, you could be in a situation where we are the six seed and you get to Paul, yeah. yeah, right? So, yeah, I mean, getting to going from 18 to 19 could be like not the biggest yeah. difficulty if, if, if that is in all honesty, like, I mean, obviously, win the rest of their games, but like. <laughs> Not that we would ever do this, but like with a game left, it's like maybe we're just like you're angling for that ball. Yeah, literally, it's just like <laughs> all right, we're just gonna like sit here because then you get an extra win on your resume, and maybe it's not that we lose games. We're like, hey, it was St. John. You need to beat like <laughs> beat Butler for us. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and the four five versus eight, you know, four five eight nine, right? Yeah. Is gonna have to go through UConn. So, yeah. so that's not ideal. Avoid them. Yeah. We've already beaten Creighton. Obviously, Mark had. At some point, we have to beat Marquette. <laughs> it might not be for a little bit. <laughs> it might be a little while, but at some point, just by like pure happenstance, we have to beat Marquette. We haven't beaten them in like six tries. So, um, ask any team from the Big East between 2013 and 2016 how many tries you have to go through to beat a team because we <laughs> yeah. did a pretty good job of not giving anyone that opportunity for Other a long time. Other <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even Mar- but Marquette's like I felt like it's always played us tough. Like even when those teams no, I know. Like we, I, win, you know, we like, needed we needed like last second buckets against yeah. them in 2018. Like yeah. there were there was always close games, always rock fights, even with um even with Wojo. Uh, Where, so, is Wojo? Where is Wojo right now? I think he's doing TV, TV. or something. Yeah, he, his on, name he, got he's actually at ESPN. His name got brought up for for the DePaul job on one of the like memes I saw, and I was I was dying. Um, but bring him back. The league, the league needs Wojo yeah. back. Uh, blood pressure doesn't. <laughs> Chaka Smart slaps the floor harder than Wojo does. So that's as far as I'm concerned. He's been upgraded. All right. Well, uh, I think we should go into a little bit of a commercial break here uh, for an ad read. I'm not going to play mine. I'm playing Trevor's because I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> um, and then I think we can talk a little bit of uh, Seton Hall X. A literal ad read. Today's episode of the Full 40 is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield produces some of the best quality vintage collegiate apparel on the market. You won't find better game day gear anywhere else. Homefield has the ultimate collection of old school logos and looks with the best quality around. Shop t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, bomber jackets, and more at homefieldapparel.com. Don't forget to use code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off your first purchase. That's code NOVAINSIDER at homefieldapparel.com. So you look at that, and then if you see my my news interview, you'll see I'm actually quite natural on the camera. Um, so I, don't, I don't really know what happened there. I made that reporter laugh so, like, you know, they had to pl- put my clip in the news just because I, you know, I had her eaten out of the palm of my hand. Um, anyway, we you're have Xavier. You're risen huh? her up? <laughs> <laughs> Trisha, you can find me on this podcast. Um, yeah, the uh, so we got Xavier on Wednesday. The good news is the Xavier game that we played at home was super low stress. There was no issues at the end of the game. 
the right players were on the court the entire time. Um, and we had no problems closing that out. I think bad that's news it. Is, <laughs> the bad news is everything I said was a lie just now. Um, I've just lied. Yeah. <laughs> My journalistic integrity is gone, Trisha. Um, so what, what has, has anyone been paying close attention to Xavier since, since then? Because I've kind of just forgotten and I don't pay as close attention to the rest of the league as you guys do. So what's Xavier's story been since um, they feel like they let one slip away at the pavilion? So they, so yeah, I mean, they just didn't win that game versus us. They've had three losses since us. They got absolutely fucking clobbered by UConn. Like, Oh yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. I, I do remember that one. Yeah. Um, they lost at Creighton com- comfortably. Um, but then beyond that, they've beaten Providence at Providence. They they beat Butler. They beat Georgetown and St. John's um, and DePaul. So, like, you know, it was a good smattering of wins. But they've they've kind of – yeah. But They're – yeah. Yeah. They, they, the, the Butler game, the at Providence game, the St. John's game were all obviously good wins. They also – they do have a – it was before us. But they do have a 20-point win versus Seton Hall. They're they're 12 and 10 just like us. They're right near us in Ken Palm. It, it's actually kind of weird because they kind of – the teams look kind of similar. We're kind of similar. We're kind of yeah. – have a similar-ish resume. They don't have the quality wins, although St. Mary's is becoming a little bit more of a quality win. Someone um, has to. And, and and Cincinnati's becoming a more quality win. Yeah. But but they are they're kind of in this position of of Sean Miller is straight up willing this team because he's a great coach. Like he's he's straight up willing this team that is under talented. Yeah. Um, to being legitimately have an NCAA tournament hope. Um, they played one of the toughest out-of-conference schedules in the country. I think our strength of schedule is eighth in Ken Palm. Um, theirs is sixth. They are, they've played a very, very difficult schedule, and they're getting credit for it, uh, and rightfully so. So so where, where they're at right now is they have – they are in a position where they have to rip off wins. They got to get a couple big ones. They probably need a qual. They probably need a high quality win, which honestly we wouldn't even provide that for them. But they have their away game. They have two games against Marquette. They still have a home game against Creighton, so they have opportunities coming up. But Quincy Oliveri is is been is been good for them. Obviously, Desmond Claude is their go to guy as well. Um, but those those guys have been really good. I think I think Quincy just Oliveri just put up forty three. It was versus DePaul, but still forty three points is forty three points. So they've been um, they've been th- their fans are starting to love that team because they are fighting really really fucking hard, and people realize that they're that with, due to the injuries before the season, they're unfortunate. They've kind of they still found a way to fight their way into a into a good position here. Fremantle. Yeah. Fremantle had a, yeah. I was trying to remember his name and I almost oh. said Stainbrook and I was like, it's not Stainbrook. <laughs> no, dude, no, that was your Uber driver. Willie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, what was his name? Yeah. It's Fremantle. Yeah. Obviously yeah, I was losing him in the beginning of the year, but yeah, I mean, Chris basically said everything I'd say about them. Like it's been up and down for them. Um, a little topsy turvy. As compared to like where we had five losses in a row, they've kind of split them with like lose two, win three, lose a couple, win a couple. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've already seen them. Like, I think the idea is obviously like we know the head of the snake is Claude and we know Oliveri's there. We know that like like the team's going to like, I mean, Oliveri's going to put up numbers. Claude's there, McKnight. And then like there's a bunch of role players like and who can obviously who all are like have bring different stuff to the table. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, playing at Cintas, we know that Cintas is, I think for my like record, Cintas is probably, 
even though like yeah we've like beaten them historically like it's always been a tough place to play like obviously marquette's tough crazy stuff but like Sintas is like when we go out to the midwest any one of those games besides DePaul, it's like uh, uh usually like a, okay this is going to be something that we got to work through um and then obviously miller like chris said is doing his thing and like that's an advantage that they will have like that's like that's not shade to neptune that's just sean miller is a more established like coach um and is a really good coach so we'll see how we handle that um and then after uh xavier we have seton hall who um has kind of gone through like <laughs> i they kind of hit like a i don't want to call it a tailspin but they lost three they're in a row. The uh, yeah. The Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel is what I yeah. mean. They're, they're going kind of up and down. Like they were uh, – so they started off so strong. I thought, okay, this might be the team to challenge like UConn at the top of the conference. Not necessarily like that they were better than UConn, but just like they might rack up enough wins and UConn might drop one that all of a sudden it's going to um, – that Seton Hall will be at the top. That's not the case. I mean, they're still in contention. But um, – They've lost three. They lost three in a row, and then they beat DePaul, which doesn't really mean much. Um, but I mean, they've been they've been really good. Dre Davis has been awesome. I think like Kadari Richmond has a real case for Biggie's Player of the Year. He's not gonna win it, but he's been so fucking good. Um, and like for yeah, anyone who's He's like healthy enough. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, not... I wasn't. He didn't he just miss a couple games? Yeah, he missed a few games. Yeah. Um, Kadari did. Um, but he's. I think he's back. He's back. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I didn't think. Yeah. I was like, wait, is he not back? Um, but no. Yeah, he's he's been back. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, regardless of like, he, assuming he plays, he's going to be great. Um, and then obviously like, Alamir Dawes has been good too. Um, so it's just been like it's a. I mean, it's a Seton Hall team that we know. We know how Seton Hall plays. It's no different than like any other time. It's going to be a fucking rock fight. Um, we are playing them again on the Super Bowl, which is such a weird thing that we constantly play. I feel like we play Seton Hall a bunch on like the day of the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know why the Big East loves that, but um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. Um, if for familiar, this is our first time facing them, so familiar face, um, Dylan Ade Wusu. Um, is on Seton Hall. He, if you remember, he was on St. John's. Um, I'm not going to say much more about him because I'm not the biggest fan of his game. But you know. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't say it because then he's going to go off. Yeah. Against us. Just not the biggest fan of his game, but he's your game stinks. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so there's. It's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a rock fight. That's just what it's going to be. We know how Seton Hall plays. Um, I like how I like what Holloway's been doing thus far. Like it's been pretty good. And this is like, this will be a win that Seton Hall needs to get on their resume. Like it will be a Q one road win for them. Which like, as Chris mentioned earlier, Seton Hall doesn't have like the strongest resume. Like they lost to um, USC, who like. At first, you thought, "Oh, that's a fine loss." Now USC is like not, not not that good. Uh, a loss versus Iowa, they lost to Baylor, they lost to Rutgers. Like the only win that they have is, I mean, big win is obviously yeah. UConn um, and, then, like, Marquette. and and Marquette and and Marquette, but like non conference, there's nothing really there. Um, so you're just kind of like, this is they have to start stacking, and yeah, UConn and Marquette like are huge. Um, a Butler road win at the a Butler win on the road is important. Um, but not the like biggest uh, feather in the cap. Um, so they just need to start People stacking. Don't wins. even need it. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, we don't. Um, so it's just it's stacking win times, and it, like like it's stacking win times for everyone four to nine. Basically, that's just what it is. Like it, it's who can win the next six to seven out of ten games will likely be on the right side of the bubble. It's gonna be this is gonna be a fun. I mean, it's not going to be fun because it's going to be torturous. It's going to be torturous, but like, season. it's good. It's just like this month of February is just going to be a four to nine punching and kicking and clawing each other, and we'll see who ends up where. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I I forgot about this. I remember it happening at the time, but they beat when they beat DePaul. Seton Hall won seventy two to thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just saw it and like immediately like busted out. <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh man. Um. um yeah. They probably scored twenty nine in the second half. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious. How much did they score in the second half? 
Uh, uh, you go back Virginia to had a team, or I think they had Miami held them to 17 in the first half and like 18. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had 18. 18, 21, 39. Um, Ooh, when was actually, if this is an aside, sorry. I'm curious, like, when our Providence game went analytically final. Um, I'm just curious about, about that. You going to I was just metrics? wondering that. Yeah. You know. Give me a um, second. I don't think it would have. I think it would have held on until until the final minute. 207, analytically final, after Longino hit the three-pointer. Yeah, that felt, that was when I felt good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think on Twitter, I'm like, I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. And then Longino hit that three, and I was like, I'm good now. <laughs> um, all right. Prediction, prediction time? Prediction time. Sure. Um, go ahead. 2 0. Willie? 1 1. 1 1. Which I feel like I've been going to lose. I feel like I've been really on with my predictions this year. I can't, I haven't written them down, but like, but like, I feel like if we write them down, yeah. uh, Yeah. Um, I know, but like, I I feel like if you go back, I've predicted a lot of losses. I don't think I've gotten a prediction right since the Bahamas. Um, so (laughs) I'm just sticking to it though. I'm weirdly feeling frisky. I'm feeling like maybe we actually rip off a two and a week here. I like there's no ascent like there's no like real reason why we beat a da- like we win at Xavier. Like we get that we have the away game second after beating them close at home. Like everything would tell you, yeah, and they have the better coach. Like everything would tell you, like, oh, we gotta lose that game. But I don't know. I there's this weird, like I got this weird vibe from the team. Uh, versus Providence, where there was like a back against the wall, us against the world situation playing out here, and maybe this is the time. I don't know. And then, but but I do think that we beat Seton Hall. Like I like I, I do feel like we beat Seton Hall. I don't know if we win twice versus Seton Hall, but but I think we're getting. I think we're going to get Seton Hall. I think we're going to split with Seton Hall. And so why not why not win this time when we're at home? You just your moment right there of like feeling frisky and like feeling like oh maybe we're gonna do it reminds me of that Arrested Development scene with Tobias and Lindsay where <laughs> never where worked for like, anybody before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, did it work for those people? He's like, no, it never does. But I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might. <laughs> but <laughs> it might work for us. Yeah. That's what I just felt like you were. Yes. Just... Yeah. I, I I haven't seen the show, but I've yeah. seen the, oh, I've seen the, the first gif. three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. First three seasons are just maybe comedy may have like TV sitcom comedy peaked there. Uh, yeah, I'm saying one and one. I don't really know who we're going to win or who we're going to lose to. If we beat Xavier, I meant Seton Hall. If we lose to Xavier, I meant Seton Hall. (laughs) Obviously. Um, All right. right. We're shooting 34% from three in conference play. That's not not horrible. We're inching up. (laughs) Yeah. It's not horrible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell your stock just yet. Yeah. No. Or, or be buying anymore. I'd just kind of be regretful that I bought it in the first place. <laughs> um. All right. Close things out with a little bit of uh, Wildcat of the Week. Wow. Um, wow is right. And today, in honor of Lance wow, Ware's wow, breakout wow, game. Wow. wow, wow. <laughs> In honor of Lance Ware's best game as a Wildcat and uh, just kind of the funky lineup we were playing with down the stretch to break open that game a little bit, um, friends of mine texted me that they were feeling a lot of Mo Sutton uh, in Lance Ware during that game, and I honestly agreed with them. So because I do the picking for this Wildcat of the Week segment, I, I went to, uh, to Mo Sutton. Lord Sutton, who uh, he joined the team for the uh, – he was a true freshman in 2008, 2009. I forgot that he was a part of that. Um, he was he redshirted um, and then kind of was one of the guys that stuck through that transition period after the Final Four and, and kind of off the cliff a little bit with, uh, <laughs> with Jay. But um, let's talk Mo Sutton. Lord from, Sutton himself from Largo, Maryland. Largo, uh, Maryland's finest. I we always get Sutton. those Maryland guys. <laughs> I fucking love Mo Sutton. <laughs> like 
just like what a character, what a guy. Like, oh my goodness, that just like first off, like on like off the court, just like was actually like a fun human being to be around. Like great, great character. Um, like on the court, like offensively, like didn't provide much, but like was always like just a shot blocking presence, was always just like he was the he was a like quintessential nice like backup big for us. Like that's just what it was. Like yeah. there were times you're like, Mo, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that happened a lot. But it was like in this lovable way, especially if you're like, you know what, whatever. Like it's like yeah. Mo's gonna Mo's gonna do what Mo's gonna do. Um yeah, I mean I I Mo Sutton was just he's he's he, one I always look back at for like fondly. He's actually ranks number eleven in Villanova history for uh, shots blocked in a career, which is kind of crazy, um, considering he didn't really play all that much, frankly. Yeah. Um, ten starts to his career. Um, he had a nice, he had a good run, like end of his junior year. I want to say I'm trying to speed read this bio I, summary. I think Mo Sutton, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if it's his biggest highlight. But I feel like he had a block, and I want to say it came against LaSalle in like a – I don't think the season ended up meaning anything. But I think it was early in the – maybe the 13 and 19 year. I could be – I could be just really pulling something out of my you-know-what. But the, the the 13 and 19, the 2012 year, did we beat LaSalle in uh, overtime? We did because that was the Darren Hilliard steal and layup. Um, to end that game, we did. I remember that game. Um, he had five I, boards it, and two big blocks against Mo Syracuse at the Carrier Dome when they were number three in the country in 2010-11. Um, Chris, I actually think it may have been a Mo Sutton block that led to. Wait, we lost that out. game. We lost that game. Which the Carrier Dome? The, no, the LaSalle game. Oh. Uh, there was a LaSalle game. I thought that he got a block and we won the game. Well, most games he played in, he did get a block. So you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he, he's such an interesting guy because he was like a fan favorite. Um, and, and, but at the same time, like you could just tell that like, can, can I read was, the first, well, the first sentence of his bio for the Villanova men's basketball page? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Maurice Sutton. Uh, offers an intriguing skill set, dot, dot, dot. Possesses athleticism and ability to run the floor at 6'11", dot, dot, dot. Excellent instincts as a shot blocker, dot, dot, dot. Can finish around the basket. Makes most of his minutes on the floor. I think Mike Sheridan did an adequate job of describing <laughs> him there. I think that's most accurate. Yeah, yeah he was most something else. He was, um, he was if anyone doesn't know what because... that game was. You're good. Sorry, I think I'm just – I think I'm, my internet's fucking up. But um, the the one thing about Mo Sutton that was always very funny to me was he was one of those guys in Jay's – He was it was in Jay's most intense period of coaching. He was, like, very intense. He wanted seriousness out of his players and whatever. And, like, Mo always was waving the towel and he was always whatever. And, like, it was a time of Jay's coaching career where he was – like, that type of shit pissed him off. Like, well, well like, as you like know, Jay, every... Jay Wright's uh, benches were the first bench mobs. That's that's yeah. as as he said. What remember when Mammoth's uh, bench really like became like a meme and their celebrations yeah. and everything? And he was asked about. It. He's like, "Well, you know, we kind of started that, but I had to I had to lock it down a little bit." And I was like, <laughs> really? "Chris, I'm getting a text here. I think it was 2011, not 2012. So wait." Yeah, 2000, 2011, Mo okay. did have a block and overtime. Yep, I'm getting I'm getting people texting me okay. about it. A person, so people right. are talking about yeah, Mo but, Sutton. Yeah, but he, but, um, but Jay, but I'm telling you, Jay was like, didn't like. <laughs> Sorry, he didn't yeah, know what I, to do. <laughs> I, my internet's just fucking up, so I apologize. Yeah. It's um, it's also funny because like that was definitely the time period that Jay was like. Yeah, I feel like it was the time he had the most pressure. Like, yeah. like, like where it's like expectations meets pressure. I should say, like, like early NIT stuff. There was like the expectations weren't there. 
then you have the final, you have like the Sweet 16, Elite Eights, the Final Four run in 2009. Then you have all the shit that happens. And like, that's where it was like the most pressure. So it was like, yeah, Jay wasn't loose yet. Like, or he wasn't like as loose as when he was younger. He definitely wasn't as loose as he was in like the last end of his career where he could, like, I think the 2022 Final Four run, just as an aside, is the funniest thing in the world to me because Jay wanted to retire. He was retired. He was retired. Colin and Jermaine were like, keep going, old man. We're not, you're not done. Yeah, you didn't, Dad. We're going to the Final Four. Yeah. No, Mo, uh, my, so obviously before my, my time as a student, but my favorite most sudden memory is uh, he was featured on one of my good morning tweets. And looking back, it wasn't the most uh, flattering picture of him. It was him like blocking a shot. And it was, it, it might have been at that LaSalle game. Um, but, you know, he's a tall, lanky guy, doesn't exactly have the biggest biceps, neither do I. Um, but just the angle of the, of the picture. <laughs> All these former play like Taj Bell, A Ray, all these guys are retweeting it and tagging him and being like, "Yo, you just got done dirty on this." Like, you know, and then he, he tweeted back. He's like, "Hey, man, what I do to you or something like it was just it was very funny to me. Oh man, my favorite most Sutton memory is off campus. Um, I'll never forget this. <laughs> Literally, I t- I tell this story to people like all the time when I think about Mo. It was I lived on West. Uh, no, I didn't live on West. I was coming from West. And it was like... What were you oh, doing there, Willie? I was having beverages. Um, was I of age? That's none of your business. Um, <laughs> and so uh, had some beverages with some friends. Um, and we're coming back to go back to... I don't think I... It had to have been sophomore year. Um, so coming back to go back to <laughs> um, the quad... And I'll never forget this. We're crossing, you know, you remember the old creepy train tunnel situation that, yeah. yes. but we're crossing under that. And there's the train tracks, which like had like, there was two sets of tracks. There was this, the fence and then another two sets of tracks. And then you're on the other side. I'll never forget this. We're walking down and we see Mo Sutton on the other side about to walk down. But instead of walking down, he just crosses the train tracks. Like <laughs> he just walks, crosses the train tracks, just steps over the fence so easily. Like it wasn't like he hopped the fence, just stepped over the fence and then kept walking on the train tracks. And me and my buddy are like blitzed. They're like, whoa. <laughs> Full Slenderman, Slenderman style. Like, fully Slenderman style. <laughs> oh my God. Mo probably had a little bit of something because <laughs> he was just like chilling and just going straight, and it was so funny. Um, <laughs> most sudden memory. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, my favorite most sudden memory is is has nothing to do with actually most sudden. In the final four run in two thousand nine, he was the red shirt, and I don't know. I was a weird guy. I'm still a weird guy, but I was more weird then than I am now, um, and. I created "Let It Rock" by Kevin Rudolph and Lil Wayne was like the, I'm already out. <laughs> was was like the most popular song at that moment. Maybe probably not the most popular song, but like it was it was popular. <laughs> and and I wrote up a song about the team, like 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 making the final four. And my friends to this day still like fucking crack at me at this because you know the line where he goes. Where Lil Wayne goes and I'm back like I forgot something. Yeah. Like I said, I'm back like I forgot something, Mo Sutton. <laughs> to this day, I still get text messages from some of my buddies out of nowhere. It could be fucking 8 a.m. on a fucking Thursday. <laughs> and and I'll just get a text and be like, and I'm back like I forgot something, Mo Sutton. <laughs> like, Fuck you. Like, um, I'd have to find that. It's probably in the annals of Facebook. And I wrote that and sent it to a lot of people. They're thinking I was awesome. <laughs> well, Chris, you uh, were awesome. I'm yeah. Sure. But but that is to this day, every time I hear Mo Sutton, my like my initial something. thought is I'm back like I forgot something, Mo Sutton. <laughs> uh, Mo Sutton. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just just the electric. Like, um, honestly, just the person who was needed in that time period. <laughs> like, of that, like, yeah, he was just, he he was a Villanova basketball player who was there at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's up to now. He, he had a, uh, <laughs> Willie? 
My brother just FaceTimed me in the middle. He, does he want to talk about Mo Sutton? I don't know. He knows I'm recording. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> you should answer it and see if he has a Mo Sutton story. Just do it on <laughs> in case he has something to contribute. Um, according to his Wikipedia, um, he's been bouncing around. Like he graduated 2013, was bouncing around the G League, the D League at the time, but the G League and some summer league rosters, and played in South America. Um, and Europe. Did um, he play in Iran? His most recent he's, team, he's which right says now. 2020 to present, is in Iran. Um, but I don't know how often his Wikipedia gets updated. So I couldn't tell you what he's doing now. But uh, shout out to you, Mo Sutton. <laughs> he's the one actually updating his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> anytime his, uh, his Instagram handle is Lord Sutton. Um, so anytime me and my friends talk about him, we just, it's our Lord and Savior, Mo Sutton, um, is his formal name in our group chat. So <laughs> that's off to you, sir. Oh God. All right. How are we feeling? We think we're good? Think yeah. We're all, we're all villain over basketball out until Wednesday. Until we Wednesday. Until we're angry again. Until <laughs> we're ready to be heard again. Ain't no doubt about it. I'm ready to be heard again. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we will be back on Monday. Uh, yeah, we should be back Monday. Um, as of right now, I don't think anything's going to change. Um, where we will be recapping whatever happened versus Xavier and Seton Hall. Um, and then we'll be thinking about what our next games are, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, one of them, I believe, is Georgetown. Um, Georgetown, UConn, Providence. One of those. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. There's basketball games that we're going to talk about. Um, we'll talk about those and whatever else is happening in the wonderful wide world of Villanova basketball. Um, but thanks, everybody. I think this is kind of the end of the podcast for now. Um, I'm going to end the podcast like that. <laughs> Did you say the line? Fucking no, no, I'm, about, I'm about to say the line. Okay. <laughs> and as always, maybe, maybe I don't want to say the line anymore, guys, actually. Right. <laughs> and as always, let's go Nova. Let's go Nova.